Okay, so why is Trump really being impeached? Well, this is the rub. He's being impeached because he's too successful. And that's never what impeachment was intended for. Now, I'm not going to join the crowd of people sitting here wringing my hands over, what have the Democrats done? They've now destroyed the whole country. Because the Democrats have been destroying things. The left has been destroying things my whole life. And to act like this is something new. It isn't new. They just continue to cross thresholds. This is what they do. You know, they make this big joke about the solemn nature, the prayerful nature, and then they go out and get drunk. Start consuming adult beverages in a party after they do all this. And they get caught at an immediate, oh my God, the Democrats should have covered up that party. Not that they shouldn't have had it, that they should have made sure there weren't any pictures of it. Of course, the Democrats, the Democrats, literally, the, the American left today is destroying and corrupting everything it touches. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's Hollywood. I don't care if it's politics. This is what they do. You know, there's a story here in the stack. Let me grab this. Is, this is, if, if it weren't the other things that it is, it would be hilarious. This is a CNN story. I assume all of you know who Jeffrey Epstein is. Uh, was. Jeffrey Epstein was what? He was the king of pedophiles. He was also the king of the Democrats. He was the king of Democrat partying, the king of Democrat fundraising. This guy was flying Democrats all over to his properties in Paris, in the Virgin Islands, in his New York apartment, and he was engaging in pedophilia and enabling them to engage in whatever action, activity they wanted to that he was providing. So Jeffrey Epstein is dead. That's not what this is about. Can I give you the headline? Jeffrey Epstein's disregard for environmental protection showed his disrespect for the law. What? Really? Jeffrey Epstein's disregard for invite? What is this about? Well, let me give you some pull quotes. Now, keep in mind, the drive-by media totally ignored and buried the activities of this, this guy, this pervert, for decades while he was abusing scores of little girls. How about me too, anyone? The Democrats and women are running around talking about all of the abuse of women and how they are used and cheated, treated shabbily and, so, and covering up for this guy. Because he was a philanthropist and a donor. And Bill Clinton liked to party with the guy. So did Prince Andrew and who the hell knows who else. But now CNN runs a story because the guy disregarded the climate. 
He was a climate threatener. And this is unacceptable. The other stuff, well, we'll cover that up and not talk. But this guy was destroying the planet. How did he do that? Buried in the lawsuit filed on Wednesday is a different type of accusation. The late Epstein as environmental villain. The lawsuit filed by U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General Denise George against the Epstein estate says that Epstein and others potentially damaged the delicate environment in the Virgin Islands with illegal construction projects. And they brushed aside the fines and other efforts to curb his behavior. In other words, he did illegal construction and they fined him and he paid the fines, but he kept doing the illegal stuff like building that temple, that weird looking temple that he had that nobody knows what it was for. And all the buildings and the roads and highways, somehow this was threatening climate change or threatening the planet, causing climate change. These alleged violations pale in comparison to the sexual abuse behavior that makes up the main allegations of the lawsuit, but they provide further evidence of how Epstein flouted the legal system and used his money and power to avoid repercussions, according to officials. During Epstein's ownership of the islands in the Virgin Islands, the DPNR repeatedly issued citations and assessed thousands of dollars in fines for violations of the Virgin Islands Construction Code and environmental protection laws. Lawsuit says those were significant penalties for the agency and to the average resident But Epstein, with his multi-million dollar wealth, was not your average resident. The fines had little effect in curbing or stopping his enterprise's unlawful conduct or conform. They're upset because the guy had no concern for the environment. What he did with the girls, eh. But his real crime was his lack of environmental concern. This is, this is how corrupt and, and ludicrous these people are. They just, they just destroy everything. So the idea that they have corrupted impeachment here, spare me the tears. Of course they have. What have they not corrupted? So here's why, here's why Trump is being impeached. It's very clear what's happening. He is being impeached by the Democrats in the House because of his very successful policies. Massive improvements in controlling borders. Do you realize, and I've got the stories here in the stack, and I talked about this before I left, the numbers of illegal immigrants attempted to get into the country has dropped significantly because we ended catch and release. They're not being permitted in. It's a very quiet story. It's under the radar. This ticks off the Democrats. That's their voter registration scheme. Donald Trump is being impeached because he is preserving private health insurance. If you listen to the Democrats in their debate, which we're going to do here in a minute, Medicare for all, single payer, whatever. If you have your health insurance at your job, they're going to take it. They're going to take it. 160 million Americans get their health insurance that way. The Democrats are going to take it away and they're going to replace it with Medicare for all single payer. Trump is not going to let it happen. Damn it. 
Got to get rid of him. Donald Trump is being impeached because he's standing up for the Second Amendment. He's being impeached because he's lowering taxes. He's being impeached because he is resurrecting an economy that was crippled by design via the policies of the previous administration. He's being impeached because he has totally destroyed the Obama effort to create Iran as the power base in the Middle East. He's being impeached because of massive improvements in America's trade relationship with major industrial powers like the CHICOMs and otherwise. He's being impeached because he has rebuilt the military. He's being impeached because he's investigating corruption. Save the best for last. He's being impeached because he wants to blow the whistle on Joe Biden and his own corruption and family. And that threatens every other dirty Democrat deal that may exist out there that we don't know about. Donald Trump is being impeached for the appropriate and successful use of presidential executive power. He is being impeached because he is the most successful anti-Democrat president we have had in our lifetimes. He's being impeached because they can't stop him at the ballot box. They can't stop him in the media. They can't stop him on Twitter. They can't stop him on Facebook. They can't stop him in Russia. They can't stop him in Ukraine. They can't stop him anywhere. So they're going to try to impeach him. He's being impeached because they don't know what to do. They can't stop the guy, and he is single-handedly, with his supporters and his administration, doing more damage to decades of Democrat success, leftist success, establishment success, than any president in our lifetimes. That's why he's been impeached. And Democrats are out there cynically fundraising, giving their base a phony impeachment to remain relevant. He's being impeached because his successes threaten great damage to the Democrat Party. Let's go to the audio sound bites. I mentioned the Democrat debate last week, how dull and boring and lifeless that it was. And it's not just me saying so. First... We have here uh, a montage of the drive-by media. They were terribly disappointed. Very let down. You realize this debate happened last when they thought coming off impeachment, the articles of impeachment being presented, they thought this could be a barn burner. They thought this was going to be a launching pad for the anti-Trump movement for this election year 2020. And it landed with a dud that not even Democrats in the media and in elected politics could ignore. A whole lot of people find all of this tedious and boring. It was a dull debate. It was a dull and plotting debate. A lot of people are calling it a snoozer. Nobody looked good on that debate stage. (laughs) Very much uh, sort of low energy. I found this debate quite subdued. Subdued is code for boring. It was a little boring. Why was it so boring? It was boring. It wasn't as exciting as some of my Netflix horror thrillers. (laughs) Today's debate wasn't that exciting. 
And I guess this is what happens when you only have white people at your party. I didn't see anybody on the stage that really said, I'm taking charge. I can be president. I can take on Donald Trump. That last there was uh, Al Sharpton minus the bullhorn. But let me tell you who these people were. The first voice was Claire McCaskill. Then a noted leftist journalist named John Heileman, dull debate, dull and plotting. Gail King, the Oprah's best friend, a lot of people calling it a snoozer. David Axelrod, very much sort of low energy. Uh, Steve Ducey, why was it so boring? It was Donna Brazil that doesn't know what Netflix is. Donna Brazil said it was boring, it wasn't as exciting as some of my Netflix uh, uh, horror uh, thrillers. And, of course, the late-night so-called comedian Trevor Noah. Today's debate wasn't that exciting. It's what happens when you have only white people at your party. And old white people to boot. Here is Van Jones. And this is the primary takeaway from every Democrat. He was speaking after the Democrat debate, let's see, on CNN last, sorry, last week. Tonight, for me, was dispiriting. Democrats got to do better than what we saw tonight. There was nothing I saw at night that would be able to take Donald Trump out, and I want to see a Democrat in the White House as soon as possible. There was nothing tonight that, if you're looking at this thing, you say any of these people are prepared for what Donald Trump is going to do to us. Van Jones, there's nobody on this stage we saw that can beat Donald Trump. There's nothing new about that. What were they hoping, for a miracle? Tonight, for me, was dispiriting. Democrats got to do better than what we saw tonight. Nothing I saw tonight would be able to take Donald Trump out. Hello, impeachment. And then CNN, after the debate, last Wednesday night, they uh, released audio of Focahontas uh, and Bernie Sanders arguing after the debate. I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national no. TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it I'm now. Not- I, you call me a liar on national TV. Why you call me a liar? I, well, you are a liar. I call, are you a liar? You lie all the time. Let's not do it right now. She should be used to be calling a liar. Called a liar. Lies about everything. She lies about being an Indian. She lies about sending her kids to public school. She lies about how she got her first job. Lies about everything. Now, Bernie, let, now let's let's... Let me get the transcript. I just put the bottom of the page. Bernie Sanders said, what? I think you call me a liar on national TV. Sanders, you know, let's not do it right now. You want to have a discussion? We'll have a discussion. Warren, anytime. You called me a liar. You told me, all right, let's not do it. So here we have, and this is this is kind of incredible here, the CNN co-moderator, Abby Phillips, Says to crazy Bernie, Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement, that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. And I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on this, because this is what Donald Trump and maybe some of the media want. Uh, Anybody knows me, knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. How could anybody in a million years not believe that a woman could become president of the United States? Oh, I didn't say it. 
And I don't want to waste a lot of I never said it. So after Bernie denies it a second time, the moderator assumes that he said it in her follow-up question. Listen. So, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could okay, not Okay, stop, stop the, the tape. Stop, 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 stop. Look. I need you to really listen to this. I got a commercial break. I got it. Th- this is the most incredible thing. So hang on. We'll start this again. When we get back, it won't be long. Sit tight. Okay. So here we are. This is Abby Phillips, one of co-moderators in the debate. She asks Crazy Bernie if he said to Focahontas that a woman could never be elected president. He denies that he said it. He denies it twice. After he denies it a second time, the moderator still assumes he said it. Not that denied it, but said it in her follow-up question to Focahontas. So, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. And I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy and me. Right. So this is why it, the the microcosm of why that it was just, it was painful. And then James O'Keefe Project Veritas released a video of a Bernie Sanders supporter. One of these secret videos where the Bernie's, Bernie people are, are salivating over what's going to happen after Bernie wins. It's the next bite. Here we go. There's a reason Joseph Stalin had gulags, right? And actually, gulags were a lot better than like what like the CIA has told us that they were. Like People were actually paid a living wage in gulags. They had conjugal visits in gulags. Gulags were actually meant for like re-education. The greatest way to break a billionaire of their like privilege and their idea that they're superior. Go out and break rocks for 12 hours a day. You're now a working class person, and you're gonna learn what that means. This is a Bernie Sanders worker. This guy's name was uh, was his name Kyle Jurek. And he was salivating over what was going to happen if Bernie Sanders wins. And these are the kind of people supporting him. He's a flat-out communist. And, of course, it, it, it got yawns in the drive-by media, as you can expect. But this is who they, they really are, folks. Back in a sec. Talent on lawn from God. It's Rush Limbaugh, the EIB Network, the Limbaugh Institute for Advanced Studies. No graduates, no degrees. The learning never stops. There's one more bite here from this wacko that runs part of the Bernie campaign, this Kyle Jurek guy. Uh, Kyle. What's that? There's two more. Oh, I said, okay. Well, anyway, what, what is it? Kyle Jurek, yeah. You've got to hear this. Now, again, this is Project Veritas, James, James O'Keefe, for the secret video uncovering this. Uh, 
And it, it, it didn't get a lot of play. Of course, the drive-by media totally ignores it. People who hear it, this is an extremist reverse. Come on, this is not, this is not who these are. Not, it is, folks. These are the people that Bernie Sanders is attracting. Now, not all of them, but there is a, there's a sizable percentage of Bernie Sanders supporters who believe that if he wins, this is the kind of stuff they are ultimately going to be empowered to do. Take billionaires to re-education camps. Take their money away from them. Make them pound rocks for 12 hours a day. And they'll learn real fast what it's like to be an average working class guy. As though they don't know in the first place. So here is the second bite. This guy is working for Crazy Bernie in Iowa. He's an Iowa field organizer. And this is him talking about what will happen if Trump wins re-election. So if Trump gets re-elected, what? Cities burn. Do you even think that some of these, like, Mexican people could even be re-educated? <laughs> I mean, we got to try. In Nazi Germany, after the fall of the Nazi party, there was a ton of the populace that was Nazified. I mean, like, Germany had to spend billions of dollars re-educating people to not be Nazis. Like, we're probably going to have to do the same thing here. And that's kind of what Bernie's like, whole like, hey, free education for everybody, because we're going to have to teach you not to be a Nazi. So this guy thinks that Bernie's free education is nothing more than a code for re-education camps. Where people are going to be brought in and denazified, meaning they're going to be they're going to have their conservatism beaten out of that's what they think conservatives are these Looney Tunes. And next up is what happens if these people resist. If if Bernie wins and these clowns ever get a chance to take you to a re-education camp and you resist, then this is what this guy dreams of being able to do. What are we going to do with those people that resist the change? Because that's a big deal. Well, I'll tell you what. In Cuba, what do they do to reactionaries? They shot them on the beach. You want to fight against the revolution? You're going to die for it. <laughs> you want to fight against the revolution? You're going to die for it. Now, you would say, come on. Rush, these people, they're fringe. They're not going to be anybody out there that's going to actually be doing this. Maybe they think. I know that Bernie Sanders not control of everybody who supports him. I know that he's not issuing these kind of marching. I'm telling you, this is what people think. This is what... Individual Looney Tune young people, who knows what kind of poison has been uh, injected into their systems and for how long. But these are the things they're dreaming of being able to do if they have the power of Bernie Sanders being elected. They are real. They exist. I don't know how many of them there are, uh, but they're real. Be very honest about what they what they think and what how they'd like to deal with people that they uh, disagree with. And here's Crazy Bernie himself. Let's go back to 1986, Burlington, Vermont, University of Vermont. This is the mayor at the time, Bernie Sanders, speaking to a class on the 1960s. I remember. For some reason, I was being very excited when Fidel Castro made the revolution in Cuba. I was a kid, and I remember reading that. And it was just seemed right and appropriate that poor people were rising up against rather ugly rich people. I was very excited and impressed by the, the Cuban revolution. I was watching the debates. You remember the famous Nixon-Kennedy uh, debate? 
And there was Kennedy and Nixon talking about which particular method they should use about destroying the revolution. Kennedy was saying that Nixon was too soft on communism. Actually got up from the room and almost left the puke. Liked Castro, liked the Cuban revolution, liked rising up against rather ugly rich people. And he had to leave the room and puke when JFK announced that he was opposed to Castro. So, you know, we don't know how many people have heard Bernie Sanders in environments like this. Bernie doesn't say this stuff publicly. But a lot of his um, you know, true-to-heart believers believe this is who the guy is. Let's go back to the phones. This is Rhonda in Goshen, Indiana. Great to have you. I appreciate your patience. Hi. Hi, Russ. Uh, you referenced immigration again today, and I know that two weeks ago you were talking about it, and you had one little sentence in the middle of that paragraph that really caught my ear, and this is what you said. You said, our immigration policies are based on love. And I thought about that, and I decided you are exactly right, and I believe that that is also true of our military. And so it bothers me greatly uh, when I hear this hatred of the military, this um, disrespect, and the doctrine of appeasement that comes from the left, and we just heard it again with the killing of Soleimani. And what bothers me about this doctrine of appeasement is because it is so deceptive. It masquerades as peace and love, and it's anything but That's a good point. Love. That is actually a very, very good point. That all of this appeasement of, of it is designed at compassion and fairness and understanding and accepting people who are different than we are when it's exactly the opposite. Yes. Now, I wanted to, you, you remind me of the statement I made about the conservative view on immigration is love. I... It's it's not just immigration. I think if you, if you had to explain to somebody who really didn't know what the impetus behind conservative anything is, is love. Conservatives love America, love people, want the best for everybody. And when it comes to immigration... Yeah, I saw. I wish I could remember. It, 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 it's it's hard to pick out one instance, but I, I hear some people talking about immigration again, and they conflate illegal immigration with legal immigration, and assume that we conservatives are opposed to all immigration. And it's it was somebody who said it would really be wise, really be smart if you conservatives could understand that we're all immigrants, that every one of us is a descendant of immigrants, and there's no such thing as an original America. Okay, fine. We don't have a problem with immigration. There's not a single conservative in the world who does. In fact, legal immigration needs to be improved and reformed. It's the whole concept of illegal immigration that's a problem. And our opposition to illegal immigration is rooted in love for the rule of law, in love for people who are being displaced, love for the American culture, distinct American culture, that is being undermined by a bunch of people arriving illegally who are not assimilating, don't have any desire to assimilate, have no desire to become Americans. And guess who it is championing those people? The Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is welcoming anybody to come in and turn things upside down. 
And so we oppose this is not because of skin color. It's not because of race. It's not because of gender or any of that. The opposition to illegal immigration. In fact, it kind of insults me to have to even explain this. Nothing else, the rule of law, the backbone of our existence and so forth. And if it goes by the wayside, a lot of things are going to go by the wayside with it. And I just glad you reminded me of that because it is it is really one of the reasons or foundations of all of conservatism, which is rooted in providing, creating, arranging whatever things so that everybody can access whatever opportunity they want to go for. It's not about jealousy or envy of those who succeed. It's not about getting even with people who succeed or getting even or denying people an opportunity. Nothing could be further from the truth. Anyway, uh, I appreciate that. Thanks much. This is not. I just not got to take a break. We'll be back here in just a second. Do not go. I saw the clock. Back to the phones we go. Rush Limbaugh back at it. Full week of broadcast excellence scheduled is straight ahead. This oh yes, haven't talked about the latest to do with uh, with Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry and uh, the divorce from the uh, from the royal family. Does anybody not really know what happened here? Are there still some people who you don't know what? You can't figure this one out. Come on. All right. Does Prince Harry have a spine or not? The answer is no. And that is what happened. If you think I'm going to be sitting here sipping cocktails and pounding out babies every three years... For the rest of my life in some dreary dark castle running around going to horse races and touring Africa, you got another thing coming. And he said, you could have told me this before we got married. And he said, she said, then we wouldn't be married. He said, oh, God. So she wants to go to Canada. Her dad came out. Her dad says, this is, she is wrecking the royal family. Her dad said, not me. Her dad is saying this. And the media hates her dad because he's fat. Pure and simple. Anyway, here's uh, here's Larry in uh, Platts, Plattsmouth, Nebraska. Great to have you on the program. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? We listen to you all the time, Rush. And I got to tell you, last uh, fall, my wife wanted to go to Nebraska Crossing. It's an outlet mall. So from where I live, I drove out Highway 66 to Interstate 80. And I should have turned right, but we were listening to you. I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. My wife wasn't either. I turned left. To make a long story short, I went about 50 miles out of my way, 25 miles out and probably 30 miles back before we got to the cross at the outlet mall. But it was worth it because we got to listen to you on the radio. So you uh, you got so absorbed. Yeah. In, in in the in the radio program that you actually went well, fifty miles out of your way before you realized what you had done. 
Well, I went 25 miles. 25 miles out of your I realized. Mind. And then I, by the time I turned around and went back, that was another 25 miles. So it was, it was a little you, over 50 miles. Uh, let me ask you, was it worth it to be delayed yeah, to the outlet mall? It was worth it. We had, a, we had a nice drive, and it was worth it. <laughs> well, I have to confess, I, I, I wanted to take this call uh, because I, I've had the same thing happen to me. Oh, you know, I don't get to listen to this show like you do. Yeah. I, it's, it's, well, we it's, it's we the, enjoy listening to you all the time. And I'll tell you what, we listen to you all the time. And after what Trump has done in the last three years, I just can't comprehend how any average citizen can vote Democrat. I don't think I really very many can. will. I, 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 it's hard to predict things, but I, I think there's going to be... Uh, if they were shocked... Election night 2016, I think they are going to be. But let me, I, here's the thing. And I, and I, Larry, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And at no time were he and his wife at risk. They were on highway observing speed limits. They just forgot where they were going because they were so absorbed in this show. And they realized it 25 miles later. Um, the same thing happened to me. It has happened to me. I never get to listen to this program the way you do. And the reason is I'm doing it. So it is it is an American pleasure that I haven't been able to enjoy along with you. So one day I decided to do it. I went and got a podcast of any given half hour, any, any given program. I've got CarPlay uh, in my car and I loaded it up. I was coming home from a golf course that's about 30 miles north of where I live. And I went 25 miles past, 30 miles past the exit, past the Okeechobee exit, before I realized that I had missed the exit. So absorbed in listening to myself as you people get to do each and every day. Honestly, that's why I want to take the This happened a couple years ago. And I, I, it seemed like no time at all had gone, but so I could not believe I went past the exit because it didn't seem like I'd been in the car that long. And so, folks, the point is, I found out personally why it is that millions of you love this program. I liked it, too, when I listened to it the way you do. Now, I have, there's a bunch of stuff today that I didn't get to, and most of it I'm going to pitch and I'm going to toss. There's one thing here. That I I previewed, uh, I teased you with, but didn't get, and I'm going to hold it over. But it is a uh, it's a piece by Tim Carney at the Washington Examiner, and the headline: "Liberal Elites Secret Weapon Is Conservative Family Values." Now, this piece has a bunch of what I call profundities in them. Because, you know, while while these liberal elites are out there uh, promoting and pushing liberal ideas of family, like family can be you, your your, your, uh, same-sex spouse and your dog or whatever it is, single motherhood, whatever, everything's okay. They wouldn't be caught dead raising their families and living their lives the way they advocate publicly. They live 
conservative family values and want nobody to know about it. And I'll save this and we'll uh, have it at some point during the program tomorrow. See you then.